Marketplace. Welcome to our Wednesday night fuel. Hope you will take some time. Enter into the word of the Lord uh, with me on tonight. I know that as we go into the word, there is so much going on in our, in our state, in our country, in the world. But we also recognize that Jesus is our focus. He is our answer. We know that he is the only legitimate source to our issues. So if you will, just pray with me, please, before we go into the word of the Lord and we will bring some hope and some instruction from the scripture. Father, I thank you for the word. Allow us, God, to have open hearts and open ears to receive what the spirit would say to the church in Jesus name. Amen. All right, so we're here. Let's go ahead and turn to John chapter um, 15 to begin. John chapter 15, we have been talking in a series on abiding. And specifically in this series, we have been talking about sanctification. And we have broken sanctification up into three uh, main parts or three phases, if you will. You have the positional sanctification or what the scripture would call justification. And then after positional sanctification, you have progressive sanctification, the process in which the Holy Ghost takes you through to become more and more like the Lord. And then we have ultimate sanctification, which, um, as I argued on Sunday, uh, can take place in the mind first before we get the, the ultimate glorification of the Lord when he gives us a new body along with a transformed and renewed mind. Now. All of this is essential if we want to abide with the Lord, if we want to be in the place where he is. The scripture says in me, there is light and no darkness at all. So we need to understand that sanctification or becoming holy or the process of becoming more and more like him is the requirement if we want to stay in the place where he is. In John uh, chapter 15, verse four, it says, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. Listen, for apart from me, you can do nothing apart from me. You can do nothing. So anything we need, any solution that we need, we can find it in him. In him we live, in him we move, in him we have our being. Whatever you're facing right now, whatever struggle, whatever hardship, whatever difficulty, we can find the strength, the hope to get there in him. We can try whatever else we want. We can, we can try any other method, any other mode, any other mean, but we are assured that we can get there in Jesus. He says, apart from me or outside of me or disconnected from me, you can do nothing. And I would like to say right at the beginning that we have tried to do way too much without the Lord. 
We've tried to advance without Jesus. We've tried to get the victory without Jesus. We've tried to do so much without the Lord. And in this time, in this moment, in this time period that we are in, he that hath an ear, we need Jesus and we don't need to even attempt to do anything without him. But when that scripture says, apart from me, you can do no thing. I think that we have overlooked what I would consider to be essential about doing. When we read that verse, apart from me, you can do nothing. I think sometimes we say, well, I want to operate in signs, wonders, and miracles. And that's the doing. And so when we talk about being with Jesus, being in the place where he is, then we confine, if you will, being in the place where he is to the working of signs, wonders, and miracles. And it is true. It is true that we have to have fellowship with the Lord. We have to abide with the Lord if we want to operate in signs, wonders, and miracles. But that is not the full extent of what the Lord is saying when he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Or maybe, maybe when we talk about doing, we're talking about accomplishments. There's a whole segment of the body of Christ that has confined doing to accomplishing. In other words, it's like you want another job, you have to be with him. You want a promotion, you have to be with him. You want increase, you have to be with him. And while it is true that we need fellowship with the Lord, we need to abide in order for us to operate in true prosperity where nothing is broken and nothing is missing. Again, I would say that abiding and doing give you way more than that. They're way, it's way more than signs, wonders, and miracles. It's way more than new jobs and promotions. It's way more than the tangible. I would argue that abiding um, has to be something more fundamental of that, and everything else goes on top of it. Instead of us asking the Lord to give us that tangible thing first tonight, I want to argue that there is something way more important that we need first. Before we ask the Lord to fix it, before we ask the Lord to heal it, before we ask the Lord to deliver them, to set them free, before we ask the Lord for increase, before we ask the Lord for favor, when the scripture says, apart from me, you can do nothing tonight, I would like to argue that the doing has a very fundamental a quest, a fundamental focus that we often look over. What is the fundamental thing that all of us as believers should want to do? What is the fundamental thing of believers that we should be asking God to grant us? What is the fundamental work that we should be trying to accomplish. Well, we are the salt and the light, true. But to be salt and light, there's something under that. Well, we want to be saved. Yes, we do want to be saved. But watch this. Some of us, as I started a couple of weeks ago, have only requested positional salvation and not progressive. In other words, we've said, Lord, take me off or take me out of this danger. Take me off of a the bad job and put me on the new job. God, make me safe, but don't make me better. 
as I allude to where I'm going tonight, the thing that we in the body of Christ, in the midst of everything going on, in the midst of everything we hear, in the midst of everything we see, even in the midst of everything we feel, the thing that we should be focused on as the body of Christ, before anything else, I'm not saying that God won't heal, deliver, and set free, but before anything else, the thing that we should be focused on is living holy. Excuse me, Bishop? Yes. Before we ask God for the tangible, before we ask God to fix it, or fix them, or deliver it, or deliver them, or, or any of that, what we need to be focusing on is, God, I want to live Holy, be ye holy, for I am holy. We need to be focusing on the day by day progress that should be made from a yielded vessel who is walking the contrasted path of the disciple. God, I'm asking that people who are listening to me right now, before we point at anything else, point at yourself and say, God, please make me holy. Get me to the place where I look more and more like you. Why is that important? First of all, before it comes to anybody else, I want to be right in the sight of God. But secondly, can you imagine the power that we could focus on the works of darkness in the earth if we were holy? I've been at a place where it's like, well, let's focus on this or let's focus on that or let's get this and let's get this. But God keeps bringing me back to know the church, all of us, we need to make sure that we're holy. The thing that we should be focused on doing right now is becoming holy. Look at 1 John chapter 3. I didn't make it past this verse. But look at 1 John chapter 3. I was trying to work through this and I worked through it some more on Sunday. But look at verse five. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins. And in him, there is no sin. Verse six, no one who abides. There it is. Verse six, no one who abides. Again, no one who abides in him sins. No one who sins has seen him or knows him. These are verses we don't like. In the scripture. But if I'm abiding, if I am where you are in me, there is like no darkness at all. If I'm abiding, if I'm living there, sin's not present. Sin can't be present when I am in the presence of the sinless one. One more time. Sin cannot be present when I'm in the presence of the sinless one. Third time. Sin cannot be present when I am in the presence of the sinless one. If I have crucified the flesh with its lust and its passions, there is nothing left in me to sin. I'm not making it up. The scripture says it. He came to do away with sin. What did Jesus come for? He came to do away with sin, to take control once and for all, to do away with it. But we oftentimes, when it comes to apart from me, you can do nothing. We want those tangible things. We've made that a priority. I want you to right now think about what you've been praying for. Have you been praying for God to make you holy? Or do you have a list of tangible blessings that you want the Lord to give you? 
Are you saying that there's something wrong with praying for tangible things? No, I'm saying that holiness has to be the substratum so that when I begin to pray for anything tangible, I'm doing so with a holy heart. Some of us are asking for things and your heart's not holy. Therefore, you're asking for, for things by the flesh. We have flesh filled words instead of faith filled words. And so what happens is we come to church and we're there on a Sunday morning and we're celebrating that new job. Thanks be to God. And I'm grateful for your promotion. Or we're celebrating that new home. Thanks be to God. I'm, I'm grateful for your new home. Or we're celebrating the good news uh, that we've had. That good news that we want to share. That good news has even become the, the testimony. It has where we have filled ourselves. Um, and, and we've said, oh man. And that's what we share. The testimony of the good news. Did you hear what happened to brother so-and-so? Did you hear what happened to sister so-and-so? But unfortunately, in this modern day and age, we're not even testifying of I was sinking glory. We don't testify anymore of I was there and now I'm here. Is there anybody that can testify that the Lord, once he got a hold of you, he has legitimately transformed you. God is waiting for us to be holy. And so the thing that we should be focused on doing is becoming holy. Furthermore, the thing that we should even be focused on celebrating, we should be celebrating that people are becoming holy. That's what we celebrate. He came to do away with sin, to free us of it. This is what he died for. It should be the result of the gospel. That is shout worthy. I need someone listening to me right now to think about where you were, to think about how far God has brought you, to think about how his grace has been sufficient glory. I know where God has brought me from. I know what God has done for me. The celebrate, the, the thing we should shout over, the thing that we should, you know, give God the praise over is, is that there's been a change that has come over us, a transformation. We're told in Romans 12, be not conformed to this world or this age or to these systems or to this way of doing things, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's what we should be focused on doing. God, just renew me. Renovate me, God. Renovate my thoughts. Renovate my mind. God, I want to celebrate my renewal. And listen, when it comes to doing that, Jesus died to make renewing glory possible. Jesus died to make sure that you don't have to stay in the old way of thinking. Jesus died to make sure that you could come out from among them and be separate. Yes, I recognize that the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ gave us access to healing. Yes, God. It gave us access to deliverance. It gave us access to all of those things. It gave us access to favor. It gave us access to all of those things. But let me tell you, he also died 
died. And the foundation of all of those things is you gave me access to holy living right there. Somebody ought to be grateful. He came, bled, and died so that I could have access to holy living. Let me tell you the doing part. Apart from me, I can do nothing. If it was not for Jesus, I could not do holy living. I couldn't live right. I wouldn't be able to be transformed. There would be none of that for me. That right there is where the church needs to focus. There's more drama. There's more backbiting. There's more scandal in the church. And we celebrate it. We love it. We high five each other. Oh girl, did you hear? Bruh, did you hear about this going on over there? Instead, we should be saying, God, make your bride holy. Remove every stain from the dress. <laughs> no bride wants to walk down the aisle with a stained dress. But right now, the church has a stained dress. And it's going to require the Holy Ghost and us allowing the Lord in. I beg the people on Sunday to give him access. But today, where I'm focusing us in at is this. We are trying to do the, the things that are secondary, secondary, primary. I'll do it again. We're trying to do secondary things primarily. Third time. We're trying to do secondary things primarily. We want the blessing before the holiness. We want the blessing before the holiness. We want God to, to, to open up the windows of heaven and pour us out a blessing that we won't have room enough to receive without the obedience and the holiness that is necessary to actually trigger that type of response from God. So we're here and we come to church and we're celebrating a testimony that is oftentimes a manipulated word of the works that we did. But we are saved by grace through faith, not by works, lest any man should boast. We celebrate the good news and sometimes the only good news that we give is the news that makes us look good. Hallelujah. Sometimes the only news that we give is the news that makes us look good. But somebody ought to give a testimony that makes God look good. And here's the problem with that type of testimony. To give a testimony that will make the glory of God shine, the power of God shine, you have to be truthful about how messed up you were. Yes. In order for God really to get the glory out of you, sometimes you got to tell people just how far messed up, just how far gone you were. I know I'm speaking to somebody right now who recognized that without the Lord, you would have never got out of it. Without the Lord, you would have never got free from it. You'd still be bound. You'd still be in the chains of yesterday. But if any man be in Christ, yes, Lord, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. That's the power. That's the anointing of abiding. That's the gift of abiding. That's the blessing of abiding. That's the treasure of abiding. And Jesus came that that, 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 that that sin would be broken off your life. You don't have to keep doing that anymore. Let me tell you this. Sin, this is unpopular what I'm going to say, is a choice. It's not a mandate. Sin is a choice. It's not a mandate. It's not a requirement. It is not the foregone conclusion of the human existence. Sin is a choice. We do not have to choose it. Sin is a choice. We do not have to choose it.
As a matter of fact, according to that John, that first John rather, chapter three, verse five, you know that he appeared in order to take away sins. In him, there is no sin. Jesus came to take it away. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And when Jesus came and when he sat there and he went through everything he went through, he did not just take away the penalty of sin. He didn't just take away the power of sin, but the death, burial and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, took away the presence of sin. And let me tell y'all something right here in this, this, this message on this Wednesday, I believe that he right now remains able. Yes, we serve a risen savior. Glory to God. We serve someone who is still able. I wish somebody would go ahead and testify that you believe that the Lord is able. Come on now. You believe he's able to give you promotion. You believe that he's able to get you out of a bad relationship. You believe that he's able to give you favor with your boss. You believe that he's able to heal. You believe that he's able to deliver. I need you to to believe that he's able to make you holy. I need you to believe that he's able to free you from the presence, the penalty, and the power of sin. I need you to believe he's able. Somebody say, I believe he's able. Somebody type it in the comments, I believe he's able. Somebody go ahead and send a status right now and say, I believe that Jesus is able. It's unpopular. It's unpopular in 2020 where we preach messages about everything and everyone else we, 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 we've left Jesus out. He's no longer at the foundation of the gospel. Now our works are at the foundation of the gospel. We're telling people glory. That, and that is a false gospel. That is anti-Christ. But tonight, as I, as I sit here before you, I believe that Jesus remains able. He came to take away sins. We don't have to choose to sin. Just like Jesus can heal, he can take away sin. Just like Jesus can deliver you from oppression and depression and any type of demonic influence, he can deliver you from sin. Just like Jesus can bless, he's able to take away sin. And right now, somebody who's listening to me right now, You've been feeling like you're just on this merry-go-round, that there's no way that you can get free. But I speak into your life, he is able, glory. He's able, he's able, he's able, he's able. But did you read what just happened in the news? He's able. But did you see what they said on social media? He's able. But did you hear how bad it is? He's able. But what about the election? He's able. But what about the police? He's able. But what about sickness? and disease. He is able. But the first thing before we lay hands on the sick and recover, before we get to any of these things, before we start praying to shake the walls of this nation and ask God to make this nation a nation that calls on the name of the Lord, we got to say, God, make this earthen vessel holy. God, I want to be holy first so that my prayer comes from a holy place. So my request comes from a holy place. If I want to abide in him, I got to be 
sanctified positionally, progressively, and ultimately. I got to be on the progress, becoming more and more like him day by day. Come on now, day by day, you got to say, Lord, make me over. Day by day, you got to say, Lord, if there is anything that is not like you, pull it out, rip it out, yank it out of me. But if you think that you are too far gone, I am here to tell you the hope of the gospel, Jesus is able. If there is anybody that does not know him, I introduce you to a man who is able. He's able. He's able. He's able. But hold on. Hold on, Bishop. But I, I, I'm, I'm just not sure. I'm not sure. That, that, that seems like it's too much. It seems like it's too much hocus pocus. It seems maybe like it's too supernatural. Okay, watch this. And I've told people before, listen, before the cross, before this death, burial, and resurrection, before any of that, when the woman is caught in adultery, she's caught in adultery, and Jesus approaches her as a rabbi. He doesn't approach her as God. He doesn't approach her as powerful. He didn't send the Holy Ghost. She didn't see him in a dream. He didn't lay hands. He did none of that. He approached her as a rabbi, and when he saw this woman who was caught in the midst of sin, she did it, y'all. Is there anybody that can say, Lord, I did it? It was me. She did it. She was guilty. She was red-handed, and Lord, I know that there are some things that I have done that did not please the Lord. I know there are some things that you have done that did not please the Lord, but here comes this loving Savior. His name is Jesus. He did not come with a title. He did not come bashing her. He's down writing in the sand, and he's asking, where are your accusers? And he says, I don't condemn you either, but then he leaves her with this very potent point. Go away. And sin glory no more. Right there on, watch this, not this side of the cross, but the other side of the cross. He tells her to stop sinning. And if Jesus, as a rabbi, can tell this woman, stop, then here it is, Jesus, on this side of the cross, with all power in his hand, Jesus, on this side of the cross, when he still has sent us the comforter, Jesus, on this side of the cross, where his grace is sufficient and his blood covers, Jesus, on this side of the cross, is able to bring us out of whatever we're in. It doesn't matter what you even did earlier today. It doesn't matter what you've been guilty of. It doesn't matter if you were caught red-handed, if you would just submit yourself to Jesus and tell him, God, I want to be where you are. I want to abide in you and allow God to start working on your heart. Let him in, let him in, let him in. And then once he do, does that, you will see that verse just come alive in your life. And he he will say to you, I came for this. <laughs> I came for this. Come on, for some of y'all, I hear you, Lord. This is the very thing that Jesus has been waiting for. He says, I came to free you from this. Do you not know? You've been begging me for a car, but I came to free you from the power of sin. I came to free you from death, hell, and the grave. I came to deliver you from this. I've been waiting on you to ask me to get free. I've been waiting on you to ask me to get clean. I've been waiting on you to ask me to become holy. And then when you allow Jesus to work on you, he will make you holy as he is holy. He will allow you to be as he is in this earth. And then you can lay hands on the sick and they recover. Then your prayers have a little bit more power 
Then you can walk in the newness of life. What does he tell Peter? Simon, Simon, saying his desire to sift you as we, I prayed for you that your faith fails not. Watch. And when you are converted, once you get free, once you get clean, once you are back on the track of holiness, strengthen your brothers. Don't try to go after the secondary things before you have gone after the primary things. Today, tonight, I hope you've heard me. Our primary focus must be, Lord, make me holy. Before the signs, before the accomplishments, before the miracles, before the tangible things, before the celebration of job and house and car, Lord, before any of that, Lord, make me holy. After all, this is what he died for. He died to free us from the penalty, the power, and the presence of sin. It got to be more to it than that. Oh, there's a lot more to it. But the foundation of it is, Lord, make me holy. That's, that is what I want our cry to be tonight. Lord, make me holy. May God bless you. May heaven smile upon you and give you peace.